Stay tuned for Captain Tracy Began of the Living Beyond Pain podcast, produced by the Defense Health Agency. Welcome back to the Living Beyond Pain podcast. Today, I'm very excited to bring back a special guest, Dr. Reed Miller, and we're going to be talking about how do we cope with our pain flare-ups, and we're going to be discussing the CAPE method. Welcome, Dr. Reed Miller. Thank you. It's good to be with you again. So, Dr. Reed Miller, can you tell us about the CAPE method that's utilized in the Living Beyond Pain group? Sure. So, the CAPE is actually an acronym, C-A-P-E. And the C in the CAPE is where we consider our ways of coping. The A is where we anticipate and avoid obstacles. P is where we prepare for triggers. And E is engaging in positive coping. So that comes up to C-A-P-E, which one way to help ourselves remind that is the acronym CAPE. I will just start by saying that flare-ups are actually, in chronic pain, we expect them. We do think that they will happen. No matter how efficient we become at managing our lives through our emotions and through our behaviors and through our thoughts, it's still very much uh, likely that we're going to have flare-ups. You know, the weather may change, which would cause a flare-up, or we may find ourselves engaged in a a particularly stressful event that could cause a flare-up. So probably the first thing to understand about flare-ups is that they do happen and that it's wise for us to be prepared for them and to think about what conditions in our life might cause us to have a flare-up. Now, in the group Living Beyond Pain, we talk about using the CAPE method. Can you tell us a little bit about what CAPE stands for? C-A-P-E. The C is consider your ways of coping, and that is essentially reviewing what are my options? What are the things that I have found to be beneficial in the past, or what are the things that I'm learning currently in regards to coping with a flare-up? Those methods of coping could look different for every person. Someone might feel that relaxation is a great way for them to manage their flare-ups, and they'll put on some meditation or do some deep breathing, some relaxation exercises. And someone else might, like you were talking about earlier, is breaking out their thought log and writing down, what are my automatic thoughts right now? Can I distract myself with a puzzle or listening to calming music? Or maybe I need to go and, and move my body or maybe I need to shift positions and maybe there's a a coping card they can use to remind them of positive things and things that bring them joy. Right, absolutely. So as with many things in life, pain is truly an individual experience and we do vary from one another in regards to the intensity of the pain we feel and how we feel pain and how we can cope with pain, including flare-ups, varies from person to person as well. So one of my favorite things to do with people is to encourage them to think about and actually talk out loud or write down what's helped in the past with a flare-up. What have I done that's been particularly helpful? It can even be helpful, frankly, to write a couple of those things down on a flashcard and carry it so that it's available if we happen to go through a flare-up and we can look at the flashcard and see. So that's one way to do that. Another way to take a look at what ways can I cope with a flare-up would be to think about what am I learning in this class, for example. Great. And now the A. What does the A in the CAPE acronym stand for? 
So the A stands for anticipating and avoiding obstacles. And that is essentially you know, what we're doing when we're anticipating and avoiding obstacles is we're sitting down and thinking about you know, what obstacles might I come across today? Or let's say we're preparing to do something that we don't often do, maybe travel a long distance in a car or maybe get on an airplane or, you know, something like that. And thinking about, okay, I, I have this travel planned. What are some potential obstacles that are going to occur in regards to this travel? So being able to anticipate those obstacles allows us to potentially avoid them, or it could allow us to prepare for them should they occur. And one of the the strategies for the anticipate and avoiding, in another one of our segments, we're talking about pacing. And so that sounds like a, a great place to put in pacing if you know you have a trip coming up or when you're having those good days versus those flare-ups managing the good days in a way that's not going to contribute to flaring up and and trying to push through and get everything done you didn't get done. And so planning that out and and pacing is a great strategy to also implement there. Yeah, I agree with you about that. I, I think that pacing is one of the skills that is available to learn in this program that can provide uh, tremendous relief to people. And I like to refer to it as the two-point rule. I find that uh, my patients and myself remember it a bit better with that. So essentially what we do with pacing is we think about what is our common pain level or what pain level am I at currently. And then as we engage in any kind of activity, we kind of casually observe that pain level and the, at the point at which it gets to two points over our baseline or common pain level, we want to stop the activity and take a break and take that break from the activity until we're back down to our baseline. When we're back down to our baseline, if we happen to have more that we want to do in regards to the activity, we can re-engage and we'll do it until we're two points above our baseline and then we take a break again and you know, until we're finished with the activity. And the the real nice thing, I think, about using pacing is it allows us to engage in activity such that we avoid the very high pain experience and also the recovery period from that pain experience. So, for example, if I apply pacing today to my activity, it's much more likely I'm going to be able to engage in activity again tomorrow as opposed to just white-knuckling it and pushing through my pain today and then tomorrow not being able to do anything. And quite frankly, it won't just be tomorrow. It'll be two, three days, if not a week. So the two-point rule. I just want to make sure I'm explaining this accurately for our listeners, and it's really a helpful reminder for me as well. So usually we use a pain scale of zero, no pain at all, 10, worst pain you've experienced. And so if my baseline is, we'll we'll say a three, and that's where I operate at, and I'm going up to a five, that's when I would stop and take a break. Is that correct? That's correct. So you would start the activity and note that your pain level was a three. That's your that's your baseline pain level. And as I said, you just kind of casually observe your pain level. And when you notice that it gets to a five, because that's two points over your three, that's where you want to take a break. 
and then you'll take a break until your pain scale score comes down two points from the five to the three, which is your baseline, and then you would continue the activity if you wanted to at that point and again you'd wait until you went up two points so in your case we'd be going from a three to a five and we'd take another break and we would continue to approach it that way great well thank you so much for that strategy and i know it's been really helpful for a number of my patients so i would really encourage our listeners out there that's something you've been really struggling with or, or something that's really impacting you know you know that that crash and burn cycle where you have you know a good day and like you said if you white knuckle it and push through that's when we're seeing patients and individuals kind of crash for the next couple of days and i've had a number of patients say i'm just flat on my back and i can't get out of bed because i pushed so hard on on the day i was feeling good yeah, you know, I'll share with you that I, I just just today had a patient tell me happily that he completed painting his house, and he used the two-point rule in doing that. And he kind of chuckled and said, it took me five months, but my house is painted. And then he paused and said, if I hadn't done it that way, it wouldn't be painted now. So it was actually quite quite nice to see how happy he was that he was able to accomplish this desired goal by using the the pacing, the two-point rule skill in his life. And, you know, that's, that's a really great point, especially for our veterans in active duty. You know, we're very much given the message of push through, drive on, suck it up, and to keep going. So this really does require a change in our thinking and our perception about even our own abilities. There's kind of this, I should be able to do this kind of work. I used to be able to do it this way or this quickly or work for this long. And so there is a level of frustration that most of my patients experience because there's also a, a loss of identity that's associated with having chronic pain versus the service member and military member they used to be. And that can be really challenging for folks. But here you're sharing a success story where your patient might not have been able to do it as quickly as they would have before, but they were still able to engage in it and still able to do the painting themselves, even though it's not quite what it would have looked like prior to their chronic pain condition. Yeah, I think that what you touch on there uh, is very, very true for my patients as well. I find that many of my patients struggle with the idea that they're just simply their body will not allow them to do what their will or their brain would, their desire would like them to do. I find that talking with patients about looking at these different life activities as missions can be very helpful in thinking about what supplies do I have for the mission? How well am I prepared for the mission? The fact is when we have chronic pain that we have to be aware that our supplies or our preparation is affected by the limitations that pain puts on us. So our approach to the mission may be different, but the outcome remains the same. We'll, we will be successful. And if we do it this way, it's much, much less likely that we're going to experience those extreme pain days and then be laid up and we have no hope of achieving the mission if we're laid up. And that brings us to preparing for our triggers. And that's a great way to explain how we prepare for those 
is really kind of taking stock of what our resources are and what some of our limitations are in our physical bodies because of our chronic pain. Yes, that is the P, the preparing for triggers. And again, that's, you know, a lot of what we learn in this program is to slow this process down, this living with pain process down, so that we can understand it well. Like most things, when we understand it well, we're much more able to impact it so that it's less of a problem. So when we understand what our triggers are for flare-ups and we prepare for those triggers, it's kind of like, you know, packing our backpack. We're ready for it. If we need to deal with it, we have what we need to deal with it. And now for the E in the CAPE acronym, what does the E stand for? So the E stands for engaging in positive coping. And there are a number of different ways to do this. We might do things like purposefully and intentionally noticing things in our life that we are pleased with or that we like or that we're thankful for, grateful for. It might be also noticing when we're talking to people how we're talking and trying to use words that are more positive in nature, if you will, not denying the chronic pain experience. We don't want to do that, but we do want to focus on what's positive. So for example, again, this fellow I spoke about who was able to paint his house, he wasn't focused on how long it took him to paint his house. He was focused on the fact that he did and that he achieved what he wanted to do. So really, again, it's that being intentional about what we're thinking about being aware of what we're thinking about can really have a significant impact on how we're experiencing our pain. Yeah, you know, one of the ways that helps me to think about this is <laughs> I kind of recall what it was like to be in high school and college and working on algebra and how hard it was for me to solve algebra problems and how much easier it was for me to solve simple addition problems. The way that you get to that is that you learn about the problem. In learning about our chronic pain, we turn this situation that's very difficult for us to come up with a resolution to or a solution to into an easier equation for us to solve. Now, it doesn't take our pain away, but it certainly gives us an ability to act so that we are more in control of what happens as opposed to the pain being in control. And that really is the focus of this podcast is giving people back more control of their lives so that they can have a decreased flare-ups, decreased intensity, and really increasing the ability to engage in those enjoyable activities, getting control back of their lives. I want to thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast, Dr. Reed Miller. It's been my pleasure. Well, thank you so much to our listeners, and we hope you'll join us again. Until next time, be well. The Living Beyond Pain podcast is produced by the Defense Health Agency. Thank you.